Anderton in space if he can find him. Ferdinand takes it on himself. Now Klinsman for a <laughs> Just to be clear to begin with, we don't think the world needs another Tottenham podcast, do we? <laughs> Um, no, another Tottenham podcast. No, I don't think so. I mean, there seems to be about two or three coming out every week, don't there? Um, but and there's not no say... Tottenham stuff to talk about anymore, you know, with the lockdown. And yet they're still, they're they're still kind of coming out. They're still, they're still arriving somehow. Um, but this podcast is not for your listening pleasure, dear listener, if you are listening. Um, this is just for our own entertainment. Uh, no other reason than that. Uh, I went through a period... Um, during the early part of lockdown, where I found the one thing that just made me feel better about the world really was just watching season reviews of Tottenham, like really crap ones as well, because somebody has uh, uploaded probably some of the worst seasons in in Tottenham's history. <laughs> he's he's converted them from VHS uh, into a digital file. I found that made me feel a lot better. It, it, I found I felt really nostalgic for a time in my life that um, where where Tottenham were were pretty awful. But yeah, I, I thought a, a sort of nostalgic podcast where we get really angry about defending that happened 25 years ago. <laughs> There's a lot to get angry about in this. There really is. Yeah. So this season that we're doing uh, for this first episode is 1997-1998. Uh, uh, so a lot of people probably listening to this may not um, have been going or even really remember this season. When people say, oh, well, you know, you weren't there in the 90s when we were really crap. This is the season they're talking about. It's sort of two or three seasons after Clint, the Klinsman season and the wheels have really fallen off Tottenham Hotspur at this point. Sugar's not spending any money and we nearly get relegated. We genuinely nearly get relegated. Now, what, where were you in 1997? Um, where, what were you doing with your life? 97, I was in just going into my third year at university and actually a bit of a disclaimer. Um, I think out of, from going to... Spurs in the mid '80s and to the present day, um, there were three years I didn't go as much when I was going to university and just getting pissed. Really, I was working at Sainsbury's at the weekend, and this was one of those seasons. So I think this season I only went to about six or seven of the games. But bizarrely, when I was watching the um, the review, I kind of I kind of remember them all. It's it's quite strange. It's weird, isn't it? Like. Watching the season reviews and going back through quite a few of them in lockdown, there's whole seasons. I can't remember a single game. Yeah. <laughs> Not one. And it's like, what? Hang on a minute. The other thing that is really weird watching season reviews is like, that geezer's still playing about seven years after I thought we sold him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that happens again and again. I mean, there's a lot of players this season where you just think, is he still playing for Tottenham at this point? I don't yeah. remember that at all. Even and so- I think... Armstrong, yeah, Everson, Armstrong, definitely. I'm Armstrong stays in the team and keeps scoring for for several more years than I remember. Paul Marhorn plays this season. Who, if you don't remember him, he's a kind of gangly striker uh, who just never seemed to leave, never played, <laughs> never scored. I mean, he actually did score in this season. Um, and and Ian Walker is still our goalkeeper at this point, whereas I thought he'd kind of left the club, but he's he's very much our first choice. Yeah, who was our second choice? Was it Bardson? Bardson, Bardson yeah, because uh, Gross comes in and, and uh, dumps um, Ian Walker because he doesn't think he's any good, which I might add, he really isn't. Um, but the expectations going into 97, 98 are pretty low. Yeah, we just sold Sheringham, didn't we? Yeah. Because Man United, um, did Cantona leave or was it when he was suspended? I can't remember, but they needed a replacement for Cantona. Yeah. And I think um, 
uh, Ferguson looked at Sharon and thought that, that I'm getting him. And that was the first player that went to Man United, uh, you know, before Modric, um, not Modric, before um, uh, Carrick and yeah. Berbatov. And you yeah, just we, we really become a selling club yeah. kind of at this point onwards, although... You know, there's not that many people for the next few years or so that anyone wants to buy because our team's quite old. Um, yeah. and, and we seem to spend a lot of money on players who've been good elsewhere. And a perfect example of that is Les Ferdinand. In the preseason for 97-98, we signed Ferdinand and Ginola. Yes. And, and uh, also Jose Dominguez, who actually is yeah. a youth prospect, who, who you know, if uh, anybody who's a bit nostalgic about Tottenham and remembers this season, they'll remember that this is sort of, for a few, for a few games at least, Jose Dominguez is the best player in the country by yeah. a long way. It was a bit strange when we bought him, wasn't it? Because it was like a week or two after we got Ginola mm. and we already had Sinton at the club. We already had Darren Anderson, albeit Will he was Fox. in and out of Wolf Fox. So I don't really know why we needed Dominguez, but um, he was a little bloke, wasn't he? And he had um, he was always wearing a waistcoat when he wasn't playing football. Yeah. One of those <laughs> late 80s waistcoats. With yeah. A, he looked, Jose Dominguez looked like the kind of bloke who would pinch your sister's bum on holiday in a disco. <laughs> you know, you're not supposed to be in the disco because uh, you're only 13. And then, and then some, one of the locals would kind of come up and try and chirp your sister. And that was Jose Dominguez. <laughs> but, you know, he was, he was the archetypal sort of exciting Spurs player. That, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. If you're one of those players who's, who runs at people, who, uh, who plays the game the right way, you only need to have two or three games in a Spurs shirt where you play well and you're a legend as far as we're concerned. Nicola Berti came as well, didn't he? And Nicola Berti as well, who's, um, you know, if you said to me in 97, 98, Tottenham fans are still going to be singing, Tottenham are going to make the Champions League final and at the Champions <laughs> League final, they'll sing more about Nicola Berti than they will about anyone else. I would have said, you're dreaming, mate. That's not going to happen. Yeah, it did. Anyway, right. So, quick, quick, uh, quick kit review for this series uh, season. This is um, this is the, one of the classic pony kits. Quite yeah. a chunky collar. Yeah. Looking back, I always thought the pony kits were literally pony. They yeah. Were, but actually, this kit was quite a nice one. It's, the badge is one of those one of those uh, ones that they have got the, like the trees around it and all the weird kind of. Um, buildings. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's got buildings <laughs> yeah. all around. For some reason, we just changed our badge, didn't we? No one really seemed to notice. Yeah, um, like the, the, but the, ba- the badge is like a big Christmas card at that yeah. point, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. And and the, they've gone for this weird kind of textured corduroy sort of vibe. It's really thick. Yeah. It's like a cricket jumper. Um, the the kit at this point. Now it's aged quite well, I think. Yeah, I do, and I, I like the dark blue sponsor. We just changed it, Edwig. This is the first time we changed yeah. it from Holston to. Uh, Hewlett-Packard. Yeah. No, Hewlett-Packard had been our, our sponsor for a couple of years at this point. Yeah. yeah. Um, the away kit's good, though. I've got to say, dark blue, bit of gold. Lovely. Yeah, it was good. I like that one. Right. So quickly, let's just quickly go through the squad uh, before we start going through the games. Uh, I want a quick visceral reaction. Good or crap? These okay. players. Right. Ian Walker. Um, in goal. Crap. 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 Completely agree. Totally yeah. crap. Dean Austin. Good. What are you talking about? Good. I, can't remember, I remember him being half decent. Dean Austin uh, doesn't really play in this season. I don't uh, think he's uh, just still at the squad. But well, he's he, another one that I thought had left us by then. He joined yeah, us. I, I don't think he really plays, but he's okay. um, he, he's passed his best, and his best was his best yeah, never really right. existed. Okay. Uh, Justin Edinburgh, God rest his soul. Yeah, good. good. I'd agree. Yeah. I mean, gets sent off this season and gives away a lot of penalties. Uh, but good. Yeah. Um, David Howes. Good. 
It's his last season for Tottenham. Yeah. In fact, actually, I meant to say, I went to his um, testimonial um, just before the season started. And I think we played Fiorentina. And there's about 12,000 people there. In the days that players still had testimonials. And we were terrible. And I remember thinking, I'm not going to go a lot this season. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't, I'm not really going to be that bothered. It's funny how friendlies and testimonials do yeah. that to you. Oh, this club's going nowhere. <laughs> yeah. I think it was, um, it must, actually, it must have been. It was Ginola and Ferdinand's first game, actually. <laughs> I, I can't remember whether I went to that game or not. I don't think I did. I yeah. was still I, I, I was still a season ticket holder this season. And it was my last season as uh, a season ticket holder for a couple of years because I went to university. This was my gap year, so I was, I was off doing whatever I wanted. Yeah, David Howell's actually his last season. I thought he was quite poor yeah. uh, this season. but he was probably, but the totality of his Tottenham career, I'd Agreed. Say Very underrated player, yeah. actually. Um, scored a lot of goals, surprisingly skillful. Um, yeah, a player, a player who deserves to be thought of a bit more of a Spurs legend, I think, than he yeah. is. Colin Calderwood. Shit. Scored quite a few goals this season. He did. Rubbish. He did. Yeah. Uh, Gary Mabbert. So oh, <laughs> he's my he's my favourite Spurs player of all time, um, but he had let himself go a little bit by that. He really had. I mean, he, he got injured at the beginning of the previous season and was out the whole season, and then this was his last season for Tottenham. Every time he comes in, oh my goodness, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, he, he is such a mess. It's, I know. It's like, he, he, he must have one look at himself in the mirror and thought, right, if John Scales, Calderwood and Vega were keeping me out of the team, then... He, he goes over for, like, no reason. He just falls over. He constantly falls over. And there's you know, the number of goals at the games where he's playing because um, Sol Campbell gets injured and Gary Mabbitt deputises and we suddenly start shipping goals. But Mabbitt is on the floor a lot. It's... <laughs> Yeah, sad to I, see. I can't say crap though. I'm not saying crap for Gary Mabbitt. Definitely not saying crap either. Bit crap this season, but one of one of the greatest ever Spurs defenders and greatest ever players, I think. Really. Yeah. Um, Royal Fox. Good. Good. Yeah, he has he has some games. I mean, one of the things that the season review doesn't sort of really show you is that how many chances Royal Fox used to get, and his finishing is really terrible. Yeah, I, I am saying good on the back of just watching the season review. I'm saying good. <laughs> um, yeah. Alan Nielsen. Good. I'm saying neither. Yeah. He's got some very important goals, though, both in this um, season. And then, uh, obviously, he got the winner in the uh, uh, Worthington's Cup final as well, didn't he? Yeah. So there's, so a, few, there's a few games where he really dominates. Um, but uh, but other than that, the, the midfield's not very good the whole season, despite having quite good players. Uh, Darren Anderton. Oh, definitely good. Yeah. Injured most this season, yeah. but what, what a great player. And as soon as he comes back in the team this season, it's the only, it's the only reason we sort of start winning again. Ferdinand. Yeah. Good. Good eventually, but I'd say pretty crap in his first season. Doesn't score enough goals. Um, Armstrong. Good-ish. Unlucky with injuries, wasn't he? Armstrong, yeah. But... I'd say good. But also yeah. an underrated player. Uh, yeah. St- uh, Stephen Carr. He, he was good. I suppose he definitely was at that time. Yeah, the late nineties, two thousands. He was he was probably player of the season about three out of four seasons. Yeah, he's, a, he's one of the only players that in that squad that other teams are looking at wanting to buy. Really, um, Espen Bardson as the backup, who actually does play a few games this season. Yeah, I don't remember too much about him to be honest, but I, but just on, again on the back of the uh, season review, I'll say good. Seemed alright. Yeah, I don't know. I've got nothing to say really. I mean, the previous yeah. uh, previous season he comes in. Um, for Ian Walker after Ian Walker lets in six against uh, Bolton away in the cup and uh, and plays really well against Liverpool but 
in, in this season. He only plays a couple of games. And we always uh, needed a Scandinavian goalkeeper in the squad. So if it wasn't forced there, it was um, Grodas. Well, Grodas is still in the squad at this point oh, as is well. He? Is he? Yeah, okay. he, he's getting uh, he's he's getting not good. He's getting crap, no. I reckon. No. Um, Ginola. Oh, good. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, I'm probably player of the season this season. I think. Yeah. Um, but doesn't start very well. Uh, Ramon Vega. Crap. Completely crap. Scores yeah. a lot of Spurs fans actually really rated him, but I think it's because he scored quite a lot of goals. But I think yeah. he's responsible for so many of the goals. He's really flat footed. He's a mess. Crap. Yeah. Uh, Clive Wilson. Uh, I'm going to have to say crap. He's quite a nice bloke, but crap. Yeah, too slow yeah. as a left back. Was actually good a couple of seasons before then, but by this point, he's he's not yeah. good. And his journeyman wasn't him. Francis had him at QPR. And yeah. Then... Decided he wouldn't have him in the team, but yeah. Lot, a lot of goals coming down the right wing, which he doesn't do anything to stop. Uh, John Scales. Crap. <laughs> totally crap. <laughs> totally what crap. Did, did, we him, did we get him from Wimbledon or Liverpool? Liverpool. Did, yeah. Yeah, because he was going to go to Leeds. Remember Leeds signed him and then yeah. he pulled out. Tottenham offered more money and, and yeah. he pulled out and he came to Spurs instead. And, That's and he's a shame. Ha- hated by Leeds fans because he didn't <laughs> go to Leeds. What an idiot. Um, Stefan Everson. Yeah, I like Steve some good, I'd say. Yeah, he, I'd again, say. he was unlucky with injuries, wasn't he? Yeah, injured this whole season, does nothing. Um, it's a bit of a theme developing. Yeah, I, although I think considering we nearly got relegated this season, we're giving too many players the benefit of the doubt here, I think, a little bit. Yeah, um, perhaps. Uh, Jose Dominguez. Good, good. Very good, agreed. Uh, Rory Allen. Um, well, he didn't do anything for Spurs, did he? Crap. Yeah, I'd say actually, that. wasn't it Rory Allen that decided he was going to sack off football and he went to Australia to go and watch the Ashes? Am I thinking of Rory Allen? <laughs> is that, is that, Rory was that Bradley Allen? Allen? It might have been Bradley Allen. It's one of them. I don't, I don't remember. One of those yeah. Allens. There's loads of Allens, yeah. aren't there? Yeah. I mean, they there's just all, yeah. yeah. There's always got to be at least two Allens around around the squad about that time. Grandma Allen and Granddad yeah. Allen were very busy uh, about forty years ago. They were just uh, reproducing Allens like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> um, Andy Sinton. Uh, I remember him being shit, but actually, he, he did create quite a few goals this season. I remember Sinton being shit as well. Yeah. I remember him being really shit, but I've got to say, if you go back and watch this season and the previous season, 96, 97, Sinton's our only kind of creator. And yeah. uh, I mean, obviously, watching goals of the season doesn't really kind of give you uh, that much insight into whether someone's good or not. But Sinton, Sinton is a lot more productive than I remember him being. In the previous season, he scores quite a lot of goals. And he's putting in kind of a lot of decent crosses to, to strikers who are spooning them over the bar. So I'd say good, actually. Yeah, he's another player that Francis had at QPR and, and bought Spurs, didn't he? Controversial. Number 23, Sol Campbell. Good or crap? I'm not, I'm not saying good. I'm not saying good. This is part of the problem I've got of this era because Sol Campbell probably was one of our better players. And it's, it's galling to say, really. Um, I've, um, I've, I've never got over it and I'm not ever going to associate the word good with Sol Campbell he does no good well from watching a goals of the season video you can't really uh, uh, figure out whether a defender for your team is good or not but yeah. yet there's quite a few games where it's clear that Sol Campbell is the best player in a Tottenham yeah. shirt he's joining the attack a lot Like there's, he, there's quite a few goals we score just because Sol Campbell's basically just pushing people over in the box yeah, and, and um, Cordwood as well. I noticed in the video, yeah. Cordwood and Bay, you know, it wasn't even corners, they were get, getting up for... Yeah, I do, and it's a testament to how crap the strikers are, really, that the yeah. uh, the defenders are scoring so many goals this season. 
Um, but we're, all right, well, we'll take the Fifth Amendment on that one. Uh, or take the Second Amendment, maybe. Um, Neil Fenn. Oh, again, I don't remember much about Neil Fenn, but um, crap, probably. He scored the previous season in the... I uh, know he scored this season, didn't he? He scores against Carlisle. Um, yeah. He, yeah, I think it's a bit, bit harsh to call him crap. Uh, <laughs> we can only say good or crap. I'm going to say crap. Then. <laughs> crap. You, you scored a goal in the one game you played, but you're crap, mate. Hundred <laughs> percent goal ratio. Exactly. Shit, mate, get out. Yeah, <laughs> you're not good enough. You should have scored three. You should have scored a hat trick. Get a hat trick on your debut or leave. Um, Stephen Clements. Stephen. Um. No, he's crap, wasn't he? He's crap. Agreed. Crap. Yeah. Crap. Crap from crap. his first game. He makes his yeah. debut on the first game of the season uh, against Man United in this season. Yeah. Crap. Crap. Paul McVeigh. Yeah, like Neil Finn. Not much to say about him, so I'm going crap. Yeah, fat striker. Um, Danny Hill. Danny Hill was around for years, wasn't he? He was. And in fact, actually, I remember watching him in the youth team a few times, but, he, you know, he didn't do anything, so I'm going crap. I'm going to say crap. Uh, Mark Arbour, can't remember him. No. Crap. Crap. Simon Brown. Crap. crap. Uh, Gary Brady, number 32. Now, he actually score, sort of scores in the FA yeah. Cup this season. But I don't think he did, actually, if you look no. at it again. But Agreed. We'll Mark Taylor, it. crap. Yeah, crap. Score on your debut, you're still crap. Yeah. Uh, Jürgen Klinsmann. That was good. Really. I mean, yeah. like you said earlier, actually, he didn't score that many goals up until that Wimbledon game. He's a class player and we look more like scoring with him in the team. <laughs> We'd probably not. still be down in the second division or something if it wasn't for him. So we, we, I don't think anyone can say crap. Agreed. Uh, Moussa Saeed. Algerian He's an interesting one. He was a very interesting one, wasn't he? He just sort of just came into the team out of nowhere. Um, I, but I think uh, he'd be really talented. But... Uh, I thought Saeed was fantastic. I yeah. think, you know, as soon as he came into that team, it was exactly what they'd, they'd been missing. Um, he was a gross signing and... Uh, just really skillful. Yeah, let's go good. Let's go. I'm definitely saying good yeah. for him. Uh, Nicola Berti. I think he was a bit overrated. Agreed. Um, <laughs> um, I don't really know what he brought to the team. I can't even remember what sort of player he was. I just remember Agreed. everyone singing about him. It's that Liverpool 3-3 game where Bertie actually played well. But yeah. it was always weird watching him control a ball. It was like, my dad used to say it was like watching a horse play football, which I never really understood. <laughs> but he never seemed to really tr- truly have the, the ball under control. Um, and... Yeah, I I never rated him. Really. Yeah, crap, crap. Oh, I can't believe we're saying that about uh, yeah. about one of the most fated Spurs players in history, mainly just because he's got a song. Oh well, um, Frodo Grodas. We've already talked about him. Crap. He's already crap. And then finally, personal connection number thirty-seven, Peter Gain. Good, Peter Gain. Nobody's going to even have heard of Peter Gain, are they? But Peter Gain, I played with and played against. He was uh, we, he was brought up in the same. Um, part of London as we were. Yeah. I don't think I ever played against him, but he, there was a lot of chat about him. He was good. He was really good. He was yeah. quick, left-footed. Um, but bringing him down at Charterist, Charterist Sports Centre. Charterist Sports Centre was where it used to go tackled. off. People, people would go and watch Peter Game play five-side yeah. football at Charterist Sports Centre in Kilburn. And um, yeah, he was a player, apparently, but I never... And I got told off by the referee stroke teacher or whatever it was. And I remember his words were, well, he's just not as good as you, is he, Peter? Yeah. But that said, you know, when it comes to um, uh, Premier League standards. Crap. Um, yeah. Crap. Yeah. 
All right, so let's get into the season. Uh, we end up finishing 14th after a relegation struggle, which looks like it's going to take us down to quite a lot of it. We are second from the bottom for quite a lot of this season. Um, what else is happening in Britain at this time? So the Labour government, Tony Blair, just got elected in the summer, sort of right at the end of the previous season. The sort of big cultural things are Titanic comes out during this season uh, and wins all of the Oscars, all of the Oscars. Um, and there's low, there's only about sort of, there's only a few songs that are number one the whole of this season because there's about five or six songs which just keep staying at number one for years and years and years. My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion's an example of that. Jason Nevins versus Run DMC, it's like that, is at number one forever. And then elsewhere in music, Stereophonics released their first album in August uh, of this season. OK Computer by Radiohead also comes out. And then also Candle in the Wind by Elton John, which is number one for ages. But we'll get into that in uh, a second. Oh, and also in the summer before this season starts, it's La Tournoire. Do you remember La Tournoire? Yes, that was good. England won, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, England won. That was Hoddle and um, Skulls came into the team. Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, we beat France. We went on to win the World Cup the following year in France, Uh, didn't we? Yeah. And did we beat Italy as well? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, uh, and then drew against Sweden or someone like that. But it was, um, there was a brief bit of the summer of 97 where you thought like, and the Tournoi is famous because it's where uh, Roberto Carlos took that free kick that turned three or four corners before it eventually yeah. went in. <laughs> it sort of has, it looks, if you look at the sort of tracking of the ball, it looks like a flight of stairs. It's a 30 yard free kick with a 20 yard run up. Well, that was what was missing in Euro 96. That is quite incredible. There's a point in the night in the summer of 97 where it looks a little bit like England might win the World Cup next year yeah. in France. Well, I think we had a good team. I think that 98 England team was very underrated, actually. It was, yeah. Um, it really was. And we were unlucky. We were unlucky because it was that Beckham sending off, wasn't it? And we should have really beaten Argentina. So, uh, Moving on, the, se- the season starts the 10th of August 1997. We play against Manchester United. Teddy Sheringham is making his debut for Man United against us, and we boo him. We, we boo do. him we do. comprehensively. You know what was quite funny about this game was the abuse that I remember um, Sol Campbell giving Sheringham. So Sol Campbell, that upstanding pillar of loyalty and <laughs> dignity, was shoving... Because Sheringham missed a penalty, didn't he? Yeah. And um, I remember Campbell shoving him in the back, you know, like Keown did to... Um, yeah. And this story, that sort of style. So we end up losing 2-0. Uh, pretty shonky defending in the second half. Um, Ramon Vega scores an own goal. Nicky Butt scores when he's got about three hours to put it into, into the net because the yeah. offside trap is... Completely unmarked, wasn't it? Totally, totally unmarked. And there's loads of goals uh, that season where the offside trap is just completely broken down and teams uh, can take their time to score. We end up losing 2-0. Not massively surprised, given that um, United won the title the previous season and they are sort of the best team in England at this stage. Um, so at this stage, I'm not massively worried. No. Uh, I might add as well at the moment, the Men in Black by Will Smith is number one. Then the following, the midweek game that week, uh, that week is we go away to West Ham. I didn't go to this game. Uh, and we lose 2-1. Yes, uh, yeah, West Ham. Uh, I think we used to lose to West Ham quite a lot around then. I was, I was sort of yes, cool. we did. Yeah. Usually, usually by the odd goal. The, the sort of mid to late 90s West Ham team is really good. I mean, it's Redknapp and then it's kind of all the players that kind of keep coming through. They've got Ferdinand, they've got Joe Cole, they've got uh, yeah. um, Lampard and whatnot. Yeah. So it is a really, really good team. But they 
absolutely rip us to pieces all the time. They've got uh, Hartson up front. They've got Lazaridis, who tears us to pieces in this game. And then Ayal Berkovic. Although this is the season as well, I think I'm right in saying, where John Hartson kicks Ayal Berkovic in the face in the (laughs) training ground. And then they sell him to (laughs) (laughs) If you can't kick your own player in the face... I mean, you know, if there hadn't been a cameraman, then no one would have known. It was uh, <laughs> normal training ground stuff. Um, but then we go 2-0 down. Um, Ferdinand scores his first goal for Tottenham, although it's his, he doesn't score too many more after that. It was a cross from Sinton, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Um, and actually, Sinton provides all of the assists until September, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> uh, Clements and Vega miss chances at the end. Uh, and we only really start playing towards the end. And at this point, Definitely. I remember my dad being like, Francis is going to be out by Christmas. The following week, just as it looks like things are going down the pan uh, and everyone's getting injured because Campbell got injured in the previous game, uh, we played Derby County, who actually, you got the Derby County sound crap, but Derby County nearly got a UEFA Euro, uh, Cup place this year. They were, they were surprisingly good. Uh, it's Jose Dominguez's debut and he rips them to pieces. Yeah, he was. He was doing all the flicks and stuff. It, it reminded me a little bit. Do you, do you, were you at the game when um, um, Tarapt played? Came on for his debut yeah. against Derby. That was yeah. his Derby, actually. And um, he came on for a little cameo for 20 minutes. We were probably 3-0, 4-0 up. And then he also came on against that game against West Ham where we won 4-3, where Valtteri scored the winner, which you and yeah. me went absolutely mad. At. Yeah, that's right. And um, yeah, and, and Tarapt looked like a player, but Dominguez was, was pretty similar. Although, you know, arguably Dominguez did a lot more than Tarapt ever did. Uh, Calderwood scores the winner uh, from a Sinton um, uh, a Sinton cross meaning that Sinton's got 100% of the assists so far this season Calderwood's in space Tottenham take the lead Colin Calderwood given far too much room by the Derby defence Dominguez goes on and wins a penalty later and then Howells misses it yeah uh, I don't remember Howells taking many penalties in his first career no and it's a pretty terrible penalty against um, Mark Poom which is, he's the goalkeeper with the name that sounds most like a fart. I think. <laughs> um, Be Here Now by Oasis comes out this week as well. Uh, that was very um, cocaine-y, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, liked, they liked a little bit of it, yeah. <laughs> so a slight drop-off of form. It was the, 90, it was the Tottenham 97-98 of albums, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the following week, we play uh, August. Uh, we play Aston Villa, rather, on the 27th of August. Uh, it's a Wednesday night game. I went to this with my dad. My dad basically was mainly there because he was just like, I want, this is going to be Francis's last game. Collymore was going to tear Tottenham to pieces. Your dad really didn't know what Francis did. He, re- he just went to the game to see France get sacked. He got a lot of joy from that. He really did. He got a lot of joy from being angry yeah. and proved right. He was eventually proved right in this one, but he was so convinced we were going to lose. And then we didn't. Um, we won 3-2. Collymore scores for Aston Villa. Some really shonky defending again. But yeah. Ferdinand and Fox are responsible, are, are involved in every single goal. Ferdinand yeah. scores two. Fox scores the winner. This was one of the few games that I went to that season because I think it was a midweek game, wasn't it? So, yeah, because um, yeah, I was working Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah, I remember going to that and getting quite excited thinking we've turned the corner and we look really good. Because Villa were good around then as well. They were, yeah. Mid to late 90s. They were, yeah. you know, they had a lot of good Staunton. players. Staunton. Staunton. Quality player. And then they, they smashed us up uh, on Boxing Day this season as yeah. well. Um, but uh, but yeah, Ferdinand and Fox are responsible for all the goals. They're kind of pretty unplayable. Fox is man of the match by a long way. Scores one, makes two. And 
my dad sort of leaves the game quite disappointed. He just thinks, oh, actually, he's not going to get fired after all. Could I, could I be wrong? Uh, and it turns out he wasn't wrong. And then the following week, uh, 30th of August, 1997, go to Arsenal, nil-nil. Uh, I went to this game, but it was a lot A lot of people um, watched it on the Jumbotron at White yeah. Lane. Uh, yeah, I recall that. That was the thing at the time, wasn't it? Yeah. We, had, we had the best Jumbotron, ones put in the trophy cabinet. Yeah, it was, um, I remember it was really... Um, uh, this was season ticket holders only, I think, to apply for this game, yeah, it and uh, and it was quite it was quite hard to get tickets for it, and it was really easy to get tickets for al- almost all the other games that season. But everyone wanted to go Arsenal away. This is the se- Arsenal go on and win the league this year, and this year's yeah. Wenger's sort of second season, isn't it? Yeah, it really was a terrible year for Spurs, wasn't it? <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> Not only were we shit, they went on and won the league. Edinburgh gets sent off. Yeah, just before half time, wasn't it? And yeah. then it was like heroic defending. I remember like Fantastic back, defending. Yeah. And Sol Sol Campbell, much as we don't want to say it, has a worldie. Is he's in, he's absolutely fantastic the whole game long. And the main thing I remember from this game is and watch I remember this from watching the season review. The only chance we really have is David Howells nearly scores from about twenty five yards out and Seaman pushes it away. Yeah, pole driver from long range, wasn't it? But that happened up the other end. Um, we used to be in the clock end. The Spurs, yeah. uh, Spurs support would be in the clock end at Highbury. And the bloke next to me goes, that crossed the line. But because <laughs> you can't really see because you're miles away from where the shot took place. The, a rumour went round that we'd been ripped off, that David Howells' shot crossed the line and that, and that Seaman had kind of scrambled it away. And we left yeah. the game just kind of thinking, well, we got like, you know, we survived a load of pressure, but we should have won. Howells scored. And then we yeah. watched it on Match of the Day that night. And it's like, that didn't even cross the six-yard box. <laughs> what a <laughs> shame we didn't have VAR back then, eh? We would have been <laughs> I know. very embarrassed. <laughs> it couldn't. It, it, was, it was so far from crossing the line. I mean, it literally, it literally only makes it halfway into the area before uh, um, Stephen pushed it away. But we still thought we got ripped off. And then a world event happens that weekend, um, the following day. We have reports from Paris the Diana Princess of Wales has been killed in a car accident and that her partner, Dodie Fired, has also been killed. They were apparently being pursued by paparazzi on two motorcycles. Where were you when, when that happened? I was, um, I remember uh, being out at a club on the Saturday night. It was Saturday night, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and I had to go up for work at seven o'clock in the morning. And there was nothing on the radio, you know, when they just moved to play like somber music or something. And not really, because I was still probably pissed or hungover, not really realising until I actually got to work. And people telling me that Princess Diana died. And um, I think then we kind of were hoping we could all be sent home, but <laughs> we weren't. But yeah, it was a bit really strange time. Yeah, it was. It, yeah, it was it, it, that day particularly was sort of initially. I woke up that morning. I had to go to Dunkin' Donuts and go and make donuts, um, uh, which um, was a job I didn't exactly put my back into. Um, but I'd been out. Yeah, we went to the pub that night after and came back, watched Match of the Day. Um, I had a few drinks afterwards. And I remember sort of like waking up the next day, and my sister's boyfriend uh, was standing at the top of the stairs and goes, Oh, Princess Diana's died. And I just kind of thought, Well, yeah, uh, you know, I'm hungover and I've got to go and make donuts. I don't, I'm not really that bothered. But then by over the course of that day, this sort of hysteria seemed to descend and they just started playing like people were phoning in Radio One kind of in tears. And I remember just thinking like, what is going on? Is this the same person that 
is is just mocked by the tabloids all the time. Like, yeah. you know, has she really yeah. made that much of a connection? And this kind of sort of hype seemed to start building up. And I couldn't tell whether it was coming from people or whether it was coming from the media. And I think it was a sort of, you know, organic, fairly organic expression of, um, of, of grief. And it continued for, you know, it continued the, the, for the next couple weeks. of weeks or so. Yeah. It was bizarre, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was a strange time. Um, the Drugs Don't Work by Verve is, is at number one when that happens. And then there's no game the following week. I think there's an England game or it's a state, it might be the state funeral. I can't remember. Then we go away to Leicester. Um, it's a game that I don't go to. Um, and uh, we lose 3-0. Yeah, I think Leicester had about the same team for about 10 years around that period, didn't they? Yeah. Like Walsh and Savage, Guppy. Heskey. Heskey, Marshall. Marshall? Yeah, Ian Marshall, yeah, with his mullet. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is the Martin O'Neill sort of Leicester team, and Heskey kills us every time we play Leicester. Yeah. Like, he just, there's nothing we can do with Heskey, who I think is one of those players that people sort of like thought was a bit of a joke player, really. You know, not very graceful, um, misses a lot of chances, but Whenever we played Leicester, we were absolutely killed by Heskey. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Just nothing you could do about him. But 3-0, my dad's happy again. Francis is definitely getting sacked now. Uh, and then we went that week, uh, that week we played Carlisle in the, in the uh, Worthless Cup. Um, again, I think I went to that because it was a, a midweek game. Yeah. And that was the days that you used to play two legs in the League Cup second round or whatever it was, third yeah. round perhaps. Yeah. Um, and it was... You know, you'd occasionally lose the likes of Torquay or someone one nil and win four nil at home, so it really didn't really matter. Um, but, Neil Fenn scores in this game, even though you think he's crap, and uh, and then he gets injured. Yeah, and has to go off. Yeah. And then we go two one down. This is this is one of those Mabbott falls on his ass games. Mabbott <laughs> keeps falling over. Tiny Carlisle uh, go two one up, and my dad at this point is just like Francis needs to be sacked, then killed, or killed then sacked. Um, you know, it's, it's all becoming too much for him. He's not even enjoying it anymore. And then eventually, um, in the second half, Marhorn comes on. Ginola, uh, probably his first game. I mean, he's been injured since he's joined, but probably his first game where he plays well. And he puts. Yeah, Ginola didn't. He didn't really hit the ground running, did he, Ginola? No, no and really until Christmas, he's he's still not really rated by Spurs fans. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, Ginola puts in a beautiful cross to Marhorn, and we win three two. Uh, and um, that week, uh, Candle in the Wind goes to number one. And it's number one forever. Um, it is. Uh, then the following week, we play Blackburn in the cup. Um, uh, not in the cup, in the league, rather. We draw nil-nil. Blackburn are quite good at this point. It's kind of Roy Hodgson era Blackburn. And uh, and we sort of, we're the better team. Marhorn plays up front, but we draw nil-nil, which is not the worst result. It's not quite a bad enough result for my dad to feel... Uh, happy again and then the following week away to Bolton Wanderers um, at the Reebok Stadium it's the first season of the Reebok Stadium and Bolton haven't scored since um, the Reebok has been opened at this stage but of course they're playing Tottenham it's Tottenham yeah. lads Dr Tottenham <laughs> so they do they do score uh, <laughs> it's Edinburgh scythes down uh, Nathan Blake uh, Alan Thompson takes the penalty and uh, and then we fight back in the second half they say they save Francis's job. Ginola puts a great cross in, and Armstrong scores, which uh, doesn't happen every day. Yeah. Uh, so one all draw away, 
I mean, we basically don't really get any points away from home until after Christmas. We're so bad away from home this season. I think that was the, that was the thing in the nineties. If you got a draw away from home by April, you were celebrating it, weren't yeah. you? Yeah, we, yeah it was, we just yeah, never yeah. ever won away. We never did, and that, you know that doesn't really that sort of changes only really when Joel kind of comes in. Yeah. Um. You know, we we win away a lot then, and under Pochettino, we win more away games than we win at home. But um, but yeah, you would you know if you if you went to away games back then as I did you know, regularly, you're on an absolute hiding to nothing. Um, you'd never win. Uh, so then the following week, um, we play Wimbledon at home. Uh, we draw nil-nil. Wimbledon have got a really good defence at this stage. Um, and after the previous season, in 96-97, Wimbledon at one point looked like they might win the league because uh, they went on an unbeaten run of like 20 games or something. Uh, don't go and check that. That could be... No one near correct, but they went on a very, very long unbeaten run and and briefly looked like they were going to be um, uh, challenging Man United for the title. They had a lot away. of players that either ended up at Spurs or we were linked with because yeah, Ben Thatcher was in that team. It was like a second um, coming of game, wasn't it? Ben yeah. Thatcher was in that team. Um, Chris Perry, probably. Chris Perry, Neil Sullivan, Neil Sullivan. Um, yeah, who always. Well, they had they couldn't score. They couldn't really score Wimbledon, but they had a really, really strong defence. And, you know, they drew nil-nil a lot this season. Um, and then they played us and we won 6-2 in the away game. Yeah. Um, but they, their defence was very highly rated. Um, and, uh, yeah, even though Jose Dominguez in this game completely rips people to pieces. We've also got, this is one of those games where we're basically playing five wingers across midfield. There's no ball winners in midfield at all. Yeah, that often works, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and then um, the gay, the this week, I remember really well. Like I said to Dunk, I'd only joined Dunkin' Donuts about a month and a half beforehand, and I said, "Can I have a couple of days off because I want to go to the Carlisle away game, <laughs> and then spend a couple of days in the northeast, and then go to the Newcastle away game the following uh, about three days later?" And Dunkin' Donuts were like, "No, <laughs> you're, not, you're not booking. There's no booked holiday in this. This is you, you go go downstairs and make." Bavarian cream donuts or bugger off for three pounds. I think they did hour. you a favour. They did do me a favour, but I got paid three pounds an hour at Dunkin' Donuts. Even yeah. back then, that was a rip. It was ridiculous. That, yeah, didn't the Labour government bring in a minimum wage? Yeah, well, but I, th- but I think I think that was I think Dunkin that was donuts. the minimum wage in '97. I think I got oh, paid it? the minimum wage. Yeah, okay. if if you were under eighteen or something, they could pay you three pounds, and it was it was all right. Um, or if you're under twenty or something, I can't remember. Anyway, so then we go up to uh, Carlisle. We win 2-0, 5-2 um, on aggregate. Uh, we go through. Uh, Ginola scores his first goal. Um, and then Armstrong scores in the second half. Um, I'm gutted that I missed it. I have to go and make uh, more, more donuts. And then we go to Newcastle um, and, uh, and lose 1-0 uh, on the Saturday, um, which is a notable game because John Scales gets injured in the warm-up. <laughs> <laughs> which I can remember Terry Fennick getting injured in the warm-up of the 91 yeah, FA Cup Portsmouth. yeah Portsmouth fifth round and you know you, you hate to see it but Spurs fans were literally celebrating when he got injured yeah. when he wasn't going to play um, and it was a really bad injury as well um, and then we went on and won go figure but in this game we didn't go on and win Warren Barton scored right at the end of the game in the last two minutes and Tottenham are now 14th and two points off the relegation zone yeah, good times. Very good times. But um, my dad is 
you know, he's he's got his grin back. He's happy. He thinks um he thinks his prediction about uh Francis being sacked before Christmas is definitely going to come through. And then we go on and play Derby in the uh, Worthless Cup. Um, Ginola scores. Yeah, I was at that, I was at that game too. Um, yeah, I took I took an ex girlfriend to to this game. I remember it vividly. We split up like probably the week after. After probably had something to do with was it Sturridge got. Uh, goals. One one, one shot, shot, yeah, one shot, and one yeah, shot. One yeah, shot scored yeah, that yeah. ridiculous goal. He was yeah. brilliant. One shot, wasn't he? Yeah, but um, yeah, we lost, didn't we? That was we lost two one. Yeah, and at that point, we you know we're out of the. Uh, we're just gonna have to concentrate on the league. Um, Ginola's goal was fantastic. We took the lead, and uh, we thought, oh, this is it. We're gonna win. We're gonna win some silverware at long last. But no, unfortunately not. And then just as uh, we, my dad's starting to lick his lips. Um, we play Sheffield Wednesday, um, which was on a Sunday game. It was on telly. Uh, and Anderton comes back and plays. No one expected him to play. We thought he was going to be injured. And we go th- with 3 nil up at half-time. Absolutely all over him. Um, uh, Domingo scores a fluke from about 25 yards out. Um, Armstrong scores a goal, which basically is just Campbell pushing people over in the box. And then Ginola yeah. scores another goal. Another brilliant yeah. goal. This was the game, wasn't it? When they brought Anderton on, when they were three 0 up, yeah. Um, Anderton reckons that it kind of ruined his career a little bit. Really? Cause, um, yeah, because he got injured again afterwards, and he didn't want to go on, and he was being forced back after injury. And I think he didn't he fall out with Francis about it. I think he, he definitely doesn't speak kindly of Francis. Yeah, well, I don't think any of the players really like Francis. Um, although it doesn't seem like any of the players really like Gross either, but. We nearly end up losing this game because yeah. in the second half, um, the defending just goes to pot and Carboni and De Cano are just absolutely tearing us to pieces and it ends 3-2, but we've, we win at least. And this is Jerry Francis' last win. Yeah, uh, there was always good games against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, yeah. And Kevin Pressman wins a goal for them. And that, these were the days that you were allowed fat goalkeepers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Frodo Grodas was fat as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Was, uh, I loved the fat goalkeeper. You had one fat goalie in your squad. Because they had those really disgusting baggy goalkeeper shirts, didn't yeah. they? That yeah. could probably get away with it. But Kevin yeah. Pressman was definitely... Kevin Pressman looked like a fat child, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Just a fat little boy who's just been like, do you want a game, son? <laughs> yeah, all right. So, all right, if you don't mind. You're going to have to go and go, yeah, that's fine with me. I don't mind. Um, yeah. And then the following week, we go down to Southampton uh, in October. Um, lovely, lovely sun-kissed day on the South Coast. Went to this game as well, um, actually. And uh, um, I remember the two things I remember from this game are the bloke on the PA, the only record he had was Spice Up Your Life. <coughs> Just kept playing that over and over again. Uh, and I remember thinking we played really well in this game. Um, and I've been to Southampton loads of times and only, only ever seen us win once at Southampton. Always seemed to go to the games where we lost. And we lost again. We end up losing 3-2. Um, Domingo scores a great goal. Then Ginola scores after Domingo's um, kind of launches this mad counter-attack. But then we just keep conceding goals in the second half. Campbell has a nightmare, uh, scores an own goal. And then he's sort of responsible. He, his confidence goes to pot, and then he's sort of responsible for, for the other two goals as well. And we lose 3 2. Southampton were another team that always seemed to beat us. Mind you, everyone did, I suppose, back then. But yeah, we never used to get anything from the Dell, did we? Yeah, terrible, terrible down at, um, down at the Dell. I mean, this was Matt Letitia still playing at this point. And uh, yeah, we just, they just always seem to have our number. Um, 
Then uh, into November now, um, Leeds United at home. Rod Wallace scores. We lose one nil. I think I, I think I went to this game. Um, yeah, this this was a this was a this was a poor game. And the other reason I remember this game is because at the time I I, I think I had a members card, but I didn't. I wasn't the season ticket holder, and I used to just turn up on the day and just usually get tickets. And I'm sure this is one of the games I had the privilege of sitting next to Tottenham Arthur. Because you used to just turn up at a ticket office and just look for a turn. Did it be there kind of just hovering, wasn't he? And Good old Tottenham Arthur. Now, if you don't remember Tottenham Arthur, he died a couple of years ago, but he's, um, uh, he's a Tottenham legend. He, I remember the first time I ever saw Tottenham Arthur. It's funny how everyone can remember this. was Sunderland away, 1990-91, the season we won the FA Cup. But it was our first away game of the season. We drew 0-0. Bergson missed two uh, gilt-edge chances right at the end. And I remember standing in the burger queue. Um, I was like 11 at this point. And Tottenham Arthur was standing there. And there's this straggly, trampy looking bloke wearing uh, a suit and a baseball cap. And he looked like a kind of cross between sort of Jesus and the world's most homeless man. <laughs> and he smelled pretty funny. And I remember thinking like, well, what is he doing? Like the people who come to these away games, because I've been to loads of away games in London at that point, but I'd never been all the way to Sunderland. But the further and further you sort of went outside London on the Wally bus, the weirder the the weirder <laughs> the sort of uh, the people who who you went with were. Um, and uh, yeah, I was uh, from that point in, I was a Tottenham Arthur <laughs> devotee. <laughs> yeah. If anyone doesn't know, just Google Tottenham Arthur. He's bound to come up. Tottenham yeah, Arthur. absolute yeah. legend he was. Um, but uh, yeah, we, you had to sit next to him, which is never a massively comfortable <laughs> experience. We lose one nil to Rod Wallace. And uh, Francis is, is living on borrowed time uh, at this stage. And then uh, the following week, away to Liverpool, not even a very good Liverpool team. Um, Leonardson and Redknapp score, so obviously we're going to be signing them. Tottenham now 16th. Um, we've got absolutely no cutting edge whatsoever. If you are reading the tabloids at this point, Brazil's refusing to uh, extradite Ronnie Biggs. And... Um, uh, Ian Walker's kind of responsible for most of the goals here. One thing watching um, the review of this game was the players literally gave up yeah. after about a second goal. They just sort of gave up. They're not even running anymore. Yeah. yeah. And, and they, they must have known that Francis was going. Yeah, they must have done. Because he then resigns after this game. Uh, but it's during the international break. It's going into the international break. And then Gross gets appointed quite quickly. So I think they know that Francis is going for quite a while before then. But I don't remember Jerry, Jerry Francis resigning at all. I remember him being sacked by Sugar, yeah. having been sacked, having sort of the fans having called for it for ages and ages and ages and, um, and, and Sugar refusing to kind of do it and then eventually doing it. But no, Francis does actually resign. Uh, doesn't, get any, doesn't get a payoff or anything and um, you know, basically takes full responsibility for how terrible Tottenham are, which... You kind of have to respect a little bit because it's true. Yeah. We were terrible and it was his fault. Yeah. So <laughs> well, he, he was a bit unlucky, but um, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff that's kind of come out since then, which I don't remember reading at the time, but I sort of have, have been reading around now. And apparently Francis had had some kind of a um, sort of personal breakdown of some sort and, and was extremely depressed, wouldn't talk to the players and was sort of, you know, there's a couple of players who said that he was a shadow of his former self um, and just wasn't really engaged in trying to turn the team around. 
but that's how the team plays. It just plays, you know, it, at that stage, we're only really picking up points because of individual skill, but there's no organization. And he seems to have given up a lot earlier. So yeah, so he's gone. Then David Pleat takes over for the Crystal Palace game. It's weird, isn't it? How David Pleat always David Pleat was it? That came yeah, took over. Or was, was it all... Chris Hewitt? Oh no, it was it? Oh, it was Hewitt. It was Hewitt actually. Yeah, yeah. Da- yeah David Pleat comes back but a bit I think, later, I think. Yeah, but Pleat and Hewitt always sort of like came in and out of caretaker management, director of football post, didn't they? For about ten years. Yeah, and f- losing one 0 to Crystal Palace is never. Uh, no. never good but you just think at this stage what more can you do but uh, Christian Gross gives his now infamous um, first ever press conference where he brandishes a travel card what did you think when Gro- when Christian Gross is appointed? I thought who who was he? Yeah um, but it was a, an era wasn't it where Wenger went to Arsenal and was it Benglos or somebody went to Villa Dr. Venglos and there was a, there was about Three or four managers that came from like Europe that nobody had heard of. Yeah, so you kind of thought, well, somebody must know what they're doing. And didn't he, didn't he want to bring like a fitness coach with him or something? And yeah. the fitness coach couldn't get a work permit. Yeah, and everyone reckoned it was him that was the um, the one that really got the success of whatever team it was. Was it Grasshoppers? Or something? It was Grasshoppers. Yeah. So I, I mean, I remember because um, I used to buy. I think I probably stopped buying it at this stage, but. Uh, and was spending my money on other comestibles. Um, I used to buy World Soccer magazine. Do you remember that? I used to be able to get it in WH Smith and it used yeah, to have that, every single result from was, every single European league in it. That was a tough read. It was a tough read, but yeah, I, being a bit of a football hipster and kind of like going, oh, well, uh, I'd kind of, when people would be sort of discussing in the pub whether Shear and Sheringham were still a good partnership for uh, England, I'd always be going on about um, Stefan Chapuisat and how many goals he scores for Inter Milan. <laughs> yeah. But back then, Swiss football was something that everyone was sort of looking towards and kind of saying, oh, actually, you know, these, this lot are really punching above your, their weight. And, and if you wanted a manager who'd kind of managed to turn uh, a, a team of nobodies into something uh, and who had a philosophy, it weirdly gross kind of was considered to be like that because uh, Grasshoppers have made the, the Champions League group stages twice when he took over at Spurs. And um, uh, Switzerland now had kind of qualified for the World Cup. They'd qualified for Euro 96 and, and Roy Hodgson had been Switzerland manager. And I think Roy Hodgson was telling a lot of other managers or a lot of club owners at this stage that you should look at Swiss players, which is one of the reasons we end up signing Vega, and you should look at Swiss managers. And that, I think, is why Christian Gross kind of ends up getting the job. But it doesn't go very well. No. So we lose 1-0 to uh, Crystal Palace. Um, Ferdinand is really not good enough at this point. Misses a couple of guilt edge chances and hasn't scored for a while. Uh, and then we go up to, in November uh, 1997, the end of November, we go up to Everton, who are also looking terrible. Uh, and we're drifting into the relegation zone at this point, and uh, we win 2 0. But Campbell gets injured again. Campbell gets injured a lot at this point, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, and also, I think Everton, they, they, Everton were probably even worse than we were at that stage, yeah. weren't we? I mean, not just that season, but in general, in the 90s, the late 90s, they always flirted with relegation, almost got relegated a couple of times. But we always yeah. think we just win up there, I think. Yeah, yeah, we we did always. I didn't go to this game, but um, I watched this game on teletext. Um, uh, it, as far as I remember, but I remember this game. Uh, 
this game was where I sort of like thought, oh, do you know what? Gross is going to... There's an instant reaction. Um, Ginola was, you know, he managed to get Ginola playing well. Although all the stuff in the tabloids at this point was that Ginola wanted to leave and that he, yeah. uh, he wasn't training, um, that he wasn't happy about Francis, uh, that he didn't like Francis and he didn't like Gross either and that they'd had a falling out already. And then Ginola scores a brilliant goal in this game. Ferdinand. Ginola. Trying to outpace Mitch Ward. And he might succeed. It's Ginola and it's 2-0. Um, and, uh, and sets up Vega's goal as well. Vega misses an open goal and then scores. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, a weird, it's the first time we've actually... When Vega scores the goal, it's the first goal we've scored in like three or four games. It was a really good team goal, wasn't it, I think, from memory. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he looked really pissed off after he scored it. So you think there might have been a bit of truth in that rumour. Well, whenever, whenever Ginola scores at this point, and he does this throughout the season, he keeps running to the bench and like pointing his finger. <laughs> I don't know whether that's like him sort of... Is that him literally just telling the manager to fuck off? Yeah, I think so, yeah. But he keeps doing that until the end of the season. There's goals towards the end of the season <laughs> where he keeps doing that. It's just like, come on, you've made your point, David. Um, yeah, but it looked like we've turned a corner, so what was next? A huge welcome for the new man. And for the record, Christian Gross is the 10th Tottenham appointment since the heady days of Bill Nicholson. And they share a belief in the Tottenham motto, to be bold is to accomplish. Uh, well, we played a little team called Chelsea and um, <laughs> dominated the first half, did pretty well. Vega scored and got pinned back to one. All. It's all right, boys, keep your heads up. And then um, five, sec five second half goals, 6-1 we lost. Booze around the ground. And the Spurs crowd wonder, where do we go from here? It's the biggest ever defeat for Tottenham by Chelsea, 6-1. Oh, I remember this game it was absolutely dreadful. Again, I think it was a Saturday, wasn't it? Because I didn't yeah. go. But um, I, at the time, I was working in Sainsbury's and, yeah, it used to start really early in the morning. By three o'clock, I used to just go and um, hide around the bakery because they had a radio in there. And there used to be loads of football fans, uh, Chelsea, a lot of Chelsea fans. And every time a goal went in that second half, just, uh, just awful. That's, that's the worst defending I've ever seen in one game, I think. I mean, I think the Newcastle game where we lost 5-1 uh, in 2016, you know, is, is a bit like this. And then the Bayern Munich game as well. Yeah. This season, um, you know, these, these are just like, it's just catastrophic. But what is weird about this game, I, I did go to this game, obviously, I was a season to older at the, at the time. But when we go 2-1 down, like Gross just starts kind of doing this all-out attack thing like desperately trying to get us back into it. And there's no one playing in defence. and There's no Campbell either. And they just hit us on the break with the same goal, like, you know, three or four times. And it's just naive. And actually, if you watch, there's a lot of games where kind of Gross really tries to chase the game and gets massively punished for it. Um, the, next, the next game being another good example, which I went to, uh, Coventry City away the, uh, in mid-December. And we lose 4-0 away to Coventry. Mm. I mean... It's just unbelievable. <laughs> Coventry had a couple of decent players at the time, didn't they? Huckabee and yeah. uh, Dion, Dion Dublin. Dublin. Yeah. yeah, Gary Breen. Um, I remember, I'd, I'd never seen the goals for this game because I didn't watch it on Match of the Day because I was too pissed off afterwards. And 
there's a bit in the season review where the commentator goes, like Darren Huckabee scores for 3-0. And he goes, doesn't that just complete Tottenham's misery? And it's like, no, there's there's another goal coming. The misery is far from complete. So Christian Gross has let in 10 goals. In two games. In two games now. Yeah. And we think... Like, I mean, at this stage, I'm still fairly optimistic that he's going to turn this around. But, and we're going into Christmas, and then we play Barnsley. I think, I think we'll be in the bottom two going into Christmas that season. Yeah. Um, yeah, ho, ho, ho. That was a great time. It was. But then we play Barnsley, and Barnsley are getting tumped by everyone at this stage. They're one of the worst teams in the Premiership um, uh, at this stage. Um, Although uh, I think they may have already knocked us out of the, um, they, do they, they they knock us out of the FA Cup, don't they, Barnsley? Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah. They've gone to knock us out of the, the FA Cup, but they're they're absolutely terrible uh, in the league. They they get hammered at home, particularly by everyone, and then we turn it around and win three um, nil. Yeah. Um, two goals for Nielsen. Ginola scores. The. Um... Um, yeah. Uh, the review in the season review they call Ginola Ferdinand which um, <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't look more alike if you tried they have they have similar qualities yeah. uh, but Nielsen played really well I remember Nielsen played really 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 well in this uh, in this game he just he bullied the sort of Barnsley defence and uh, midfield um, and uh, I mean it's about his level I think yeah it, it was literally a six pointer wasn't it against Barnsley at home it was, yeah, and um, and, and we went three 0 and you just think, oh, actually, Tottenham are going to be all right. Um, Christmas number one, nineteen ninety seven. Do you know what that is? Uh, Spice Girls. It's not Spice Girls. No. That's a good guess. Yeah, the yeah. Spice Girls have had the previous two years, but no, it's um, Teletubby say it out. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah. I think that was the decline in the Christmas number one, wasn't it? It was. Now, there's, a, there's an away game uh, later in this season. I can't remember which one it was that I, I went to. And um, this pissed bloke, uh, which game was it? Um, we're losing. And uh, this pissed bloke, um, oh, it was Leeds United away uh, later in the season where we lost 1-0. And um, this really pissed bloke just starts singing Teletubby Say It Oh and trying to get it going as a football song. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and quite a lot of people join in. It, it works. It's actually quite an anthemic football song. So uh, try, try that next season. Uh, and But just before Christmas, we get the Christmas present we all wanted, which is Jürgen Klinsmann. He's back. Look at this man, and what do you see? A messiah or a mercenary? The majority inside of bulging White Hart Lane see a kinsman in Klinsmann. Many beyond its confines prefer to believe his return has more to do with money and a need for regular first-team football prior to the World Cup. So I think it was a Monday after this game we signed him. It kind of came out of nowhere, didn't it? Yeah, it did. I remember going to work. I used to work at um, uh, Vauxhall in southwest London. And it's probably all done up now, but there used to be like a newspaper stand. And I vividly remember reading it in newspaper. I mean, we're only talking late 90s. Yeah. But I think that's the first time I heard of it. It was either like um, I was doing an evening shift and got, saw it in evening standards. Or um, it was first thing in the morning. But and I just, I, you know, I did a double take. Probably hung over again. It's a bit of a theme about this year. Yeah. But um, and not quite believing it. And not really understanding why he did come back. Because him and Sugar didn't see eye to eye, did they? Uh, no. It must, it must but- have been the wedge, Jay. It must have been the money. 
Yeah, it was. But he was at Inter Milan, wasn't he? He wasn't doing that well at Inter Milan, yeah. I think. And um, you know, he's still he's still a player, but um, but it, it was really weird. I mean, I remember it being announced. Uh, there was a rumor on the news in the morning, and then it it was that day. It was like, oh, yeah. he's signing, and there's pictures of him sort of like back in North London. Remember thinking yeah. that was absolutely bizarre. So kind of Christmas, we went into Christmas just thinking, do you know what? Tottenham are going to be all right. We'll get out of the relegation zone. Might even win the league next year. Yeah, great. All will be fine. And who do we play next? Aston Villa um, yeah. on Boxing Day. And um, yeah, 4-1 we lost. <laughs> I don't think Klinsman played though, did he, in that game? I think there was a couple of... Was no, there a work didn't. permit or something? Yeah, he, 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 didn't, he didn't play until the Arsenal game just after Christmas. But Collymore takes us to pieces. Calderwood scores with his hand. Uh, and the defending is just beyond awful. This is sort of where um, Walker's kind of fate is sealed. He he lets in a free kick from Collymore that he could have saved. Sol Campbell has a really bad game. He keeps letting the ball drop when it kind of com- comes over his head. And he just gets t- taken to pieces by Collymore. Um, and then uh, Ian Walker jumps into Vega and drops the ball. And we uh, we lose 4-1. I mean, just when you think it kind of can't get any worse. And then we play Arsenal and we just think, I remember going into this Arsenal, this Arsenal game and just thinking we're going to get smashed here. Even though Arsenal, Arsenal go on to win the league, but they're not playing that well at this stage. Uh, yeah, they but- came from really far behind this season and put together, in by sort of March, they put together a, a run of form where they suddenly won the league. But um, even, even back then when Arsenal, you know, admittedly were um, head and shoulders above us, we did draw a lot of time, uh, yeah. quite a few times with Arsenal, especially White Hart Lane. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah they're always tight games. Um, yeah, so we won. Uh, we drew one all with Arsenal, um, which wasn't a terrible result. It was just after uh, two days after Boxing Day, um, before the new year, and uh, um, Nielsen scored, and then Parler scored a really, really fluky goal, which goes in off Vega. I mean, the amount of deflected goals or own goals this season, yeah. ridiculous. But you know, you can't, given how badly we've played um, in the sort of previous games, can't be too disappointed with the draw against Arsenal, still in the relegation zone. And then we play uh, Fulham in the cup uh, and win um, 3-1. They were in the uh, second division at the time, though, weren't they? They were. So that was two divisions below us. Yeah. Um, so we, we couldn't really lose that game. No. Uh, Gary Brady scores what is probably really an own goal. Yeah, um, in off the post and the keeper. In off the post and the keeper. And some a, a, a disturbing new football trend starts uh, before this game which a lot of people have sort of slightly forgotten about, um, but which is really the end of Tottenham Hotspur, uh, yeah. the soul of the club. I think I know what you're going to say. Go on. Was it the uh, music after the goals? It's the final countdown. They start playing the final countdown. The final countdown. And do you remember on the Jumbotron, they had those like really slow clapping hands. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's a, that is a bad, bad period. They just think, well... well because Gross must have said it. He must have just said, uh, you know, in Switzerland, um, how can you expect <laughs> the players to want to play for the club unless they have Euro pop music? And it was also a time that White Hart Lane was getting um, uh, rebuilt, wasn't it? Yeah. So I think the Paxton Road that season was completely out and all you'd ever see is a couple of workmen with hard hats on after um, finishing their shift. Yeah, but they, that, that, the Paxton was open. You could yeah. buy tickets to sit there, just no one wanted to. <laughs> yeah, that's probably right. It was just terrible. And then we also, around this time, this is a really, uh, this is a really important time in the club's history. We signed Nicola Berti. Yeah. What, what, sort yeah. Of age, what sort of age is he around now, <laughs> around this point? He must have been 
35, 36. Yeah, I'd, I'd say he's aged about 30. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Approximately. Very good, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. But he comes in and we just we think, well, he's going to... He's going to revolutionise. I remember him for the 1990 World Cup eight years ago. I'm sure he's going to be. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be a good player. Uh, and then we go up to Manchester United and uh, we lose two nil. We're 19th now. Yeah, 19th, fantastic. Incredible. Um, fun, funny thing is, I never really thought at any time um, this season or Sporting Spurs that we'd ever go down. But it's kind of getting to the point you think it's, it's getting likely. No, see, I, I, I had a really mixed feelings about this because I really, really, and have fantasised about this the whole time I've been a Spurs fan. I always wanted us to go down for one season. I wanted to go to new grounds. I wanted to, yeah. like, you know, there were loads of people who goes, oh, I remember us in the second division. There was lots of people who used to go to away games with, who'd, who'd go, oh, I remember when we got relegated in we played uh, 76, 77. Yeah, we ended up playing Mansfield and beating Bristol Rovers 9-0. I remember just thinking, you lucky bastards. Imagine beating Bristol Rovers 9-0. That would be amazing. So I just kind of kept thinking, look, because we nearly got relegated twice before. We nearly got relegated under Peter Shreves in 91-92, the year after we won the Cup. Did we? I don't, I don't remember us yeah, being that close we, to we were pretty close. We were. We, like, we got pulled into a, a, a relegation scrap. Um, we, you know, we were really good that season up until Christmas and just went into free fall. And uh, we ended up finishing about like 14th or 15th. But we were we were looking at getting getting relegated in the Ardiles season as well. We weren't that far off um, getting relegated then. And then this season, I just thought we're actually going to go down this time. And I just thought like let's just get relegated or don't like just just do it. Let's let's get relegated. But I was going to university next year, and I thought you know all this yeah ten years of of hard graft I've put into supporting Spurs, and now we're going to go down, and I'm not even going to be able to benefit from the relegation. So I sort of thought I didn't really want us to get relegated after all, like most Spurs fans. Um, what has this club done to me? It's what a weird way of thinking. Um, so we're 2-0 two, uh, two down. Arsenal are starting to win. We don't think they're going to win the league at this point. They later do. Um, and then we play West Ham at home uh, and Klinsman scores his first goal back in a Spurs shirt. It was a fluke, wasn't it? I think it came off his knee or something from a Ginola cross. It was, yeah. It was, it was quite a good finish. But I remember in that, that game, he really, really tore Steve Potts, um, the West Ham defender, to pieces. And we looked to be cruising. And then we ended up having to sort of, it was a bit back to the wall at the end. Um, you know, we really had to defend, but ended up winning. And uh, we're just about out of, uh, out of the um, relegation zone. Uh, and then we play Barnsley in the cup. We draw against them. I remember this game because, do you remember with the old season tickets, they used to have the cup vouchers at the back because it was all yeah, paper. Yeah. My um, cup voucher for the Barnsley game had been torn out and, uh, and I'd lost it at some point. There was a message there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, tried to, I spent ages trying to get in. And I said, so, I think someone's nicked it. And the guy on the turnstile was like, no one's nicked it. It was Tottenham Arthur. <laughs> Tottenham Arthur had stolen it. Barnsley in the cup. We drew one all. Campbell scored. Um, yeah, a, a crap game. And part of me thought, I wish I hadn't gone to that game. And then uh, we went up to Derby uh, and lost 2-1 to Derby um, when, uh, when Derby was sort of on for Europe at this stage. And the, this is a weird game because we nearly scored uh, in the first few seconds of the game. And then, we scored, wasn't it? Yeah, and then we scored in the first few seconds of the second half with Royal Fox. But at this point, you can really see, um, uh, you can really see Klinsman making a difference. 
And I'm, I'm still relatively optimistic at this point. The ball was bouncing all over the place for both those goals. It was yeah. just bouncing over defendants' heads. It was pretty farcical. Yeah, and then um, and then we go to Barnsley for the FA Cup replay. We lose three one. Stephen Clements gets sent off for diving. <laughs> He's going to be off. Clements has got to go off the field. He's already got a yellow card, and that was a dive, according to referee Gerald Ashby, and he had no hesitation. There was no thought of a penalty in his mind. Stephen Clements goes down, looks for the penalty. There was a bit of contact there, to be fair, to the young Spurs player. But uh, Gerald Ashby had no outs at all about it. And you can see the anger of the Spurs fans in the background. Ginola scored an amazing free kick and Klinsman had his jaw broken. Yeah, great. Yeah. Great night Just out. Just what you need. Great night out. Uh, <laughs> great night out in South Yorkshire. And, Did you um, go to that? No. No, 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 definitely not. And I didn't go the following season in the FA Cup where we, uh, where Ginola scored that yeah, goal because uh, be. I was at university at that point. Um, and Neil Redfern scored. Neil Redfern, eh? Loved the goal against Tottenham. <laughs> Loved it. Oh. Licked his big Yorkshire lips as soon as he saw Tottenham on the, <laughs> on the calendar. I'm definitely scoring here, boys. Give <laughs> me the ball, I'll definitely score. I always score against these idiots, these southern punters. Um, so, I mean, it's, you know, this is, at this point, quite a few people are saying, Klinsman's rubbish, Ginola's rubbish, Gross has got to go. Uh, yeah. And we're not very impressed. And then we go to Blackburn Rovers away, which I didn't go to this game. Um, and uh, I think this was on a Sunday. This is Royal Fox. Armstrong is calling for it. Brady's arriving. Ginola's still there. And it's Fox. Oh, I say. That tops it. I think you're right. I think this was on a Sunday because I really remember watching this. I think, Fox, um, Fox was fantastic. Bertie played really well. Bertie scored. Um, this is the best performance of the season by a long way. We win 3 0. Um, yeah, Armstrong scored, and it was the first goal that I don't remember him scoring. He actually looked pleased to score. He usually looked quite pissed off, didn't he, when he scored? Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, if you're interested in pop music and particularly the pop music stylings of Celine Dion, my heart will go on at number one at this point. It was a it was a dark time. It was a dark time for music. Um, uh, also, Titanic has just won all of the Oscars this weekend. Um, then it's Valentine's Day. It's Leicester City. It's time for some sexy football. Needless to say, sexiest man ever to play a uh, a game for Spurs. Colin Calderwood scores, Ooh, and yeah. we're briefly at the relegation zone. But again, he was like unmarked in the box. It was. I don't think yeah. it was like from a corner or anything. He was just weirdly. Decided to fancy himself as a striper. The ghost. That's what he used to be called. The ghost. Calling the ghost. Ghosts in. He ghosts in at the far post, scores again. Once again, Heskey tears us to pieces. Uh, once again, uh, we score a goal early in the second half um, after being behind. Uh, and then we go up to Sheffield Wednesday um, the following week. And uh, we've not done very well in Yorkshire this season. Uh, we lose 1-0. And um, this game is notable because um, Edinburgh breaks Ian Nolan's leg. Remember that? Yeah, I do. Um, and <laughs> watching, well, I don't remember it, but I watched the review, and I think the commentator said something like, "Oh, uh, sickening sight of Ian Nolan sustaining a double fracture there to his leg." Let's watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> and that was part of Spurs' review of the season. Well, they kept doing that this season with with Son. Um, and Gomez in the Everton game where it's just like stop showing it again and again so <laughs> yeah. like, don't show it once what's wrong with you people 
but showing it's one thing, but showing it on Tottenham's review of the season, like that was one of our best moments. <laughs> that was, I mean, it was not, not much happened in that game. Uh, other than that, we lost 1-0. Then moving on, uh, 1st of March, Bolton Wanderers. We win 1-0, Alan Nielsen scores. Yeah, well. Brimful of Asher is number one at this point. Good song. Good song. See, there were some good songs at number one yeah. at this point. Uh, and then following week, well, we think we're just starting to get a run of results together because we've just won one game. <laughs> Can we continue against Leeds United away? Me and my dad yes, went we to this can't. game. Ellen Road, George Graham's manager of Leeds. Harry Cure scores. We lose 1-0. Do you know why? We, we, me and my dad would always go to Leeds United away. Always. Just wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't miss that game for the world. And always lost. Uh, and then probably the most exciting game of the season after that. Uh, Liverpool at home, 14th yeah. of March, 1998, 3-3. We keep taking the lead and we keep throwing it away. Yeah, this was a great game. I, I watched this. I don't think I was there. So maybe it was on telly. I'm not sure, but I remember it vividly. Um, we had loads of free all draws with Liverpool yeah. around that time, didn't we? Yeah. yeah norm- Usually... Normally, normally Carragher scored yeah. for us in those games. And I thought he'd scored a known goal in this game, but he hadn't. So no. it must, yeah, one of the few he didn't. Well, um, I, me- I remember my dad afterwards kind of going on about how, because Brad Friedel played in goal for Liverpool back when he had hair. And I remember my dad going, oh, well, I, that, that American, that massive American goalkeeper is brilliant, isn't he? And I was just like, you let in three goals. I don't know if, he, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you could say he's brilliant. Like, uh, but he was. I mean, I think Friedel was one of the more underrated Spurs goalkeepers the last few years or so. Definitely let a few less clangers in than most of our other keepers. Um, but Klinsman scores, uh, only his second goal. Uh, in a Spurs shirt this second time round. Uh, Ginola scores a brilliant goal. Man of the match by a long way. Bertie yeah. sort of completely ran the midfield. And then Ramon Vega scored again. And then we, we got pinned back. We almost got pinned 4-2, didn't we? We should have done, yeah. I mean, we really should have killed that game off. Paul Ince scored a bicycle kick, um, but some really terrible defending. And McManaman's completely on his own most of the time. Uh, Nielsen hit the bar. Um, three all. But I remember coming away from that game just thinking, well, we have, we have played well there, sort of. Signs of life. Uh, yeah. Don't think we're going to get relegated uh, at this stage. Um, and also, Musa Saib, I think, came on in that game as well and looked quite good. And then away to Crystal Palace, the end of March now. Um, it's, it's like that by Run DMC is number one. Yeah, decent song. De- decent. Yeah, decent. Decent, decent. decent. Uh, away to Crystal Palace. Uh, I went to this game as well. And um, yeah, really, really took him to pieces. It was... Proper, proper decent performance this one. Bertie scores, Armstrong scores, and then Klinsman scores uh, at the end. Uh, and Lombardo scores for them, and he looks yeah. about 48, but I think he's probably only about 28 at the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He's one of the oldest looking footballers. Yeah. For another podcast, I think we should be like oldest looking footballers of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we could, we could, I reckon we could do an hour and a half on that. Uh, and at this stage, relegation is starting to look a little bit like well, we're probably going to get out of this. We're now starting to beat the crap teams. Um, speaking of which, got Everton at home the following week. Can't beat them. Can't no, beat them. Uh, Armstrong scores, but we, we can't get the, uh, the win um, that we need. And so we still continue to hover around the relegation zone. And then away to Chelsea in uh, 1998. Um, April is this the game where after the Matthew Harding after Matthew Harding dies uh, or is that, the, is that the previous season 
can't remember. It was around then, wasn't it? I think. Um, uh, well, regardless, we lose. We lose two 0 Chelsea at this point, I think, have sacked Hullet, haven't they? And uh, Viali's taken over as manager. Yeah. And they're about to win the European Cup Winners' Cup. They? I think Klinsman got injured in this game, didn't he? Yeah, Quite he did, yeah. Early on, he should have had a penalty, and he got injured. And then we yeah. brought on Colin Calderwood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Direct well, replacement. You've lost your striker. I mean, Calderwood's scoring, <laughs> yeah. still scoring quite a few goals at this point. Let's bring on a sixth central defender. Bring on the ghost. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, actually, sorry. That, that, yeah. So Klinsman gets decked and so badly. Such a blatant penalty that he actually gets injured. And, uh, and then we go on and lose 2 0. Uh, it's actually the previous season where the, um, uh, Matthew Harding's um, helicopter crash. And then, uh, and then we play Coventry City um, on uh, the 13th of April, um, which is during the week. Uh, I remember this game well as well. Uh, Bertie scores, and we, but we still can't win. Yeah. Um, so we're still in the relegation zone. But there was Tottenham, a lot of draws, weren't there? A lot of draws at home, especially. And yeah. probably a lot of games that we were last on match of the day, I would have thought. And that's the main reason we sort of end up really in the relegation zone is that we just kind of keep drawing at home. Um, you know, it's not necessarily the away form that, that, that puts us down there. Um, but, you know, if, you, uh, if you're a Tottenham completist, uh, 13th of April, 1998, we draw one all against Coventry at home. That's significant in itself. More significant. Guys, Carl Walker-Peters has just been born. Oh, <laughs> he's just entered into the world. So I think that. his Tottenham Tottenham career probably, if you had to sum it up in one game, it would be Spurs one, Coventry one. Yeah, definitely. He's um, yeah. I, I, do you know what? I think that I think there's not enough suicidal defending in Coventry in the Coventry game to to suggest that Carl Walker Peters that it really reflects Carl Walker Peters' <laughs> defending uh, career. Because he likes he likes taking a risk and the risk not paying off. Um, and long may that continue at Southampton or wherever it is he's playing now. Yeah. Um, then Barnsley away. Yet again, no joy in Barnsley. Uh, one all draw. And who scores for Tottenham? Uh, was it Colin Caldwood? It was Calderwood again. <laughs> I'm marked. In the I'm box. marked. Ghosting into the box again. He must have been like our third top scorer that season or something. Yeah, Calder- Calderwood was scoring some goals. I mean, defending really badly all the time, but yeah, a well. threat. The lads are threat. Although I think really, like the Calderwood keeps the fact that the defenders keep scoring is just a testament to the fact that Ginola takes an amazing corner. Yeah. yeah. Um, we keep we keep scoring because we can actually take set pieces. And then we play uh, Newcastle at home. There's three games left at this stage. We need to, we're still in and around the relegation fight, but a couple of wins will see us uh, clear. And um, we play Newcastle, who have been the sort of team of the mid-90s. So, you know, much of this decade, this is a team that just can't uh, do any wrong for a long time. They've got, they've had sort of Shearer for the last couple of years. They've had Fastino Aspria. They've obviously had uh, Ferdinand. Um, they had Ginola, they had, yeah. you know, Philippe Albert. Royal Fox. Um, Royal Fox. Uh, they had that bloke with the really long hair who played in defence alongside Philippe Albert. Um, Pete, is it Peacock? Can't yeah. Remember. Peacock or yeah. Jackson, I can't remember. Um, but Didn't they also have Warren Barton, though? They did also have Warren Barton. Well, Warren Barton scored in the other game. But in 97-98, Newcastle are really rubbish and they've completely fallen to pieces and uh, they've kind of got rid of Keegan. Uh, I think, or they get rid of Keegan at the end of the season. I can't really remember, but he's. I think he stands down, um, and Hullet ends up taking over, and, and also does a terrible job for Newcastle. So th- this is a beatable Newcastle team, and we do beat them. Uh, Klinsman scores, Ferdinand scores, 
relegate we looks like we're saving ourselves from relegation at this point we can kind of like go do you know what if christian gross gets the right support next season this is a champions league winning team yeah. <laughs> we yeah. can just keep calderwood it was nice to see proper celebrations against former clubs in this game as well yeah not like your no exactly not like that respectful so yeah. like, sorry for scoring yeah Terrible. But yeah, uh, Ferdinand seemed very happy. Klinsman scored uh, at last. He's beginning to put some goals together. And then away on the 2nd of May, 1998, Wimbledon away. Iconic game. Yeah, yeah. Everyone remembers this game. Saeed to Anderton. Klinsman shows. Back foot to Saeed. Chance for a Tottenham sixth. The performance of the season from Tottenham Hotspur. Um, 25,000. 25,000 Wimbledon got this uh, th- this day. I mean, that's about 10 times what they normally get as a. You, uh, I reckon 20,000 were probably Spurs that day. They were. I was in the. Well, it wasn't even the Spurs end. We got the whole of the. Um, yeah. We got the whole of one grandstand. And. Um, uh, but there was just Tottenham in in the home end. There was Tottenham in the kind of other end. I mean, it was just. There was Tottenham everywhere. Most of the Spurs fans. Uh, most of the, the, uh, the stadium was Tottenham. And we won 6-2, uh, having been 2-1 behind. Wimbledon hadn't really Wimbledon hadn't scored for like four games or something up to this point. And had just got beaten 5-0 by uh, Arsenal a couple of weeks beforehand as Arsenal have sort of kind of taken the grip of the title. Um, Ferdinand scores and then Klinsman equalises at 2-2 and then just repeatedly scores the same goal over yeah. and over again. Yeah, good to see. Um, Sullivan in goal for them Ben Thatcher left back where did they end up (laughs) well I think based on this game you've got to sign those lads Uh, and so we're safe from relegation for the last game of the season we can just enjoy it just just sit back and enjoy a game against Southampton at home we'll we'll go out and win that won't we it must be um, Klinsman's last game yeah yeah do we win no of course not (laughs) (laughs) we don't win unfortunately we don't win we draw one all I really uh, wanted to go to this game because I think apart from being Klinsman's last game, wasn't it um, Gary Mabbott's last game as well? Even though Mabbott hadn't yeah. really played that season. He was, um, uh, he came on as a substitute or whatever. Um, so I was going to go up, I took the day off work and I went up to try and get a ticket on the day. But I didn't. I mean, that, that like, from these, these kids nowadays who go to Tottenham, like, Going and queuing up for a game and then not going all the way to the game and then not getting in. Like, what, yeah, what did that was, feel like? I think I probably decided to stay in the pub, to be honest. Yeah. And yeah, um, the thought of standing outside the ticket office when um, the pub was probably more appealing at the time, over the Beehive or Bell and Hare or something. The amount of queuing up you used to have to do to try and get tickets for games before or get tickets for away games, the amount of goals that you'd miss uh, because yeah. you had to go and queue for next week's away game. Um, yeah, I remember uh, Everton in ninety three, ninety four, the Aussie season, where we were losing two one. Um, it was a Sunday afternoon. It was live on Sky, and we were losing two one. And me and my dad were like, "Sod this! We're going to go and queue up for the Man United away tickets, which are going on sale straight after the game." And uh, Spurs scored two goals uh, yeah. in injury time, and we were standing outside the Paxton uh, when that happened. Kasky, I think, some or someone scored. Yeah, I remember that uh, game, yeah. And I think Anderton as well. And um, yeah, I remember. And then we went up to Man United and bloody lost. <laughs> I mean, you just think, got my priorities 
bit wrong there. Uh, anyway, so that's the end of the season. Uh, Tottenham draw one all. We end up finishing 14th. 14th will be as high as 14th, will we? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's, a terrible, it's a terrible season. Um, but it's the closest we've come to being relegated in as much as we were adrift and too, we, were, uh, we were in the relegation zone for a, a decent part of this year. Uh, and in previous relegation struggles, we've just sort of flitted around there. So this is the closest, really, we've come to being relegated since you and I have been going, I think. Um, yeah. But just to sort of round it all off, should we give some awards out? Yeah, go on then. All right, player of the year. Um, oh, God. Uh, Rule Fox. <laughs> How are you giving it to no. Rule Fox? You're I don't, overrating Rule Fox think, a lot. Um, I don't think Klinsman justifies it, despite those four goals that... Um, Wimbledon Ginola it was the season after that Ginola was really good wasn't it uh, I'm uh, giving it to Ginola easily. everyone else was injured wasn't they um, I don't remember Anderson playing much that year but he must no. have because there was a World Cup coming up and every time there was a World Cup or European Championships it always somehow get um, recovered from injury wouldn't he and the team. 100% giving this to Ginola game of the year yeah free all against Liverpool I'd say three all against Liverpool. It's just that's why you go to Tottenham. Entertaining, yeah. incompetent, exciting. Goal of the year. Goal of the year. Um, that team goal that Ginola scored up at Everton, I think. Yeah, where he absolutely hits it. I'd say it's the kind of goal that you wouldn't remember because we then go on and lose the game. Um, but I think Ginola's first goal for Tottenham against Derby in the Worthless Cup is an amazing goal. I mean, he drifts past two players and then hits it very hard yeah. from 25 yards out. He scored a lot like that, didn't he, when he they'd cut inside on his left. And then yeah, just, like, and they just let him take a shot. Up. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I, would, um, I, would, I would probably give it that. But I think the Everton goal away is, is, is also yeah. up there. Regardless, Ginola's getting goal of the year, no matter who. Uh, um, who we, yeah, definitely give it to him. And then worst player of the year? Got to be a defender. Vega, maybe. Uh, Walker. Walker. Ian Walker. Yeah, yeah, Walker, yeah. I'm saying Ian Walker. Okay, the, the inaugural Andy Sinton, not as crap as I remember award. <laughs> Probably Andy Sinton. Well, Sinton actually doesn't play that much this season, but I'd, I, I, I think we're going to have to give it to Calderwood. <laughs> yeah. He scored a lot of goals. He keeps scoring. Calderwood's in space. Tottenham take the lead. Colin Calderwood given far too much room. Calderwood, I'm, I'm giving it to Calderwood, uh, I think. Um, although maybe Royal Fox as well, because Royal, Fo- Royal Fox does have a couple of games where he's really, really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't really remember him doing that much outside of his first game against Newcastle when we won 4 2. Um, Spursiest moment of the year. Oh, Spursiest moment of the year. Um... I'd say probably I'd say the, probably the whole of that Barnsley Cup game, but particularly yeah. Clemens getting sent off for diving. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. and then and then the uh, the or, or or Klinsman getting decked for yeah, a penalty, it wasn't a penalty, and, and then uh, Calderwood coming on and then getting injured. Yeah, I actually give it that Klinsman's penalty that never was. Just a point in Christian Gross. Yeah, yeah, and his travel card. Yeah, actually, yeah. At a time Isn't... when everyone else was getting the right managerial appointments and we got it horribly wrong. Uh, and then a rating out of 10 for how typical this year was as a Spurs fan. Uh, so 10 being the highest. Um, it's pretty high. I, I don't think it's quite a 10 because there, there weren't that many seasons that we flirted with relegation, really. 
in the last no. 30, 40 years. Uh, yeah, I'll go eight. Eight or, eight or nine. Eight. I'd go eight as well. I mean, yeah. it's, it, there's, there's actually a good team of players here um, who are badly mismanaged, very unlucky with injuries, unlucky with some refereeing decisions, um, but we shouldn't be nearly getting relegated. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say eight. I'd say this this is one of the but this is one of the sort of most typically kind of crap years. And Arsenal win the league as well. So Yeah, yeah. Um what more do you want? In fact, do they win the double this year? I think they might don't, win the double. Don't think so. No, that was oh maybe they did. I, I don't know. I blanked out yeah. my memory. I, I I could I've got Wikipedia in front of me. I could check, but do you know what? I'm not gonna because um that's just that's too much. even more. Yeah. Um all right, well, I think that is sort of the end of the season, isn't it? We've Especially done our awards. Enjoyed it very much. More than I thought I would. <laughs> you were saying we're doing a 98 season um, to kick this off. Um, all right, Grand, well, enjoy the uh, the rest of your lockdown, however long we both have left to live, and uh, I'll see you in the next one. Yeah, take care.